Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. Morning, church. Uh, we are uh, teaching together today, Brian and I, and the reason we're doing this is because of what's going on in the world. Um, this, um, this outcry against uh, racisms. And we wanted to share this and, and teach together for a number of reasons. One of the things is uh, we are family. Brian and I, uh, the family, they've been uh, so many jokes that we share so many times standing in his driveway, laughing till 1 a.m. in the morning. And um, <clears throat> we also strongly believe that God has called us to live in unity. Uh, we, are, we are a church family. We are the body of Christ. Uh, there's no space for us to, to, to live apart. And so we want to approach this in a way uh, that, that shows that and that confirms uh, what Christ has been teaching us. And um, it's always going to be a, a conversation. And uh, we just want to have this conversation right now. We uh, are both really broken by everything. Uh, uh, prior to just us preparing for this, uh, Rico and I have had many, many conversations. And... Um, uh, this is a really difficult season, and uh, just for all of us, it's it's awakened so much of our own personal hurts and our own personal stories, and um, we just really felt like we needed to look at this from how we feel like God would want us to, to look at this and approach this, and uh, let God be the one who steers our conversation, steers our thinking, and uh, let God really expose uh, in us uh, what, he, what he wants us to see that we need to deal with. And so, uh, yeah, this time has really awakened in, in, in all of us, just looking back at our lives and looking at our motives. Mm. Oh, yeah, Def- definitely. This, man, it's, it's, there's so much that is, that, that is awakened that we, even, even in me as I was looking at these things, I started to think of some of uh, the old fears and, and pain from, from old experiences I know with some people it might awaken intense anger looking at the system uh, with some people might feel completely hopeless and think this has been going on for so long. What's the point in even trying to do anything and they're completely hopeless and they just are completely immobilized. And on the other hand, other end, you could have someone who is um, also feeling, feeling hopeless, um, but they, do the do the opposite they overreact and you say okay this is this is not changing i need to do this i need to do this and maybe overcompensate there's so many things that are going on right now uh we, we both feel like uh, there's some practical ways uh, you know uh forward steps that we can take and um what we feel like we can't do is is live or dwell in the uncomfortable reality of where we are now yeah and uh, just sit in it and do nothing. We need to talk about it and do something. We need to do something right. Yeah. Um, we don't want to just react, you know, uh, based on our deep emotions that we might be feeling or, uh, you know, the emotion of, you know, for, for many, uh, there's some who are reacting out of this, feel like there's not a problem. Others feel like there's a tremendous problem that uh, has no hope. And so they're acting out of those, uh, those emotions. Yeah. And we just felt like uh, we needed to, uh, uh, go to God's word and see what God has to say about this. Uh, Rico and I both are, are under the strong conviction that uh, 
God's word actually speaks to every practical life question that, oh, yeah. that we might have in today's world, in today's reality. And so, um, Rico and I have gone to uh, uh, God's word and uh, and want to hear what God has to say about racism. Yeah, I think the the the, the best place we can start is with uh, the very beginning as God is creating what was his intention as he made people. And he says in uh, Genesis 1.27 that we're all made in his image. We're all created to reflect his image, his, his beauty, his characteristics, his, his love, his compassion, his mercy um, across all different cultures. And, and it's, it's something that God has put in every single person, different races, uh, different genders, um, where different cultures, God has just put put his image in every single one. And what we're supposed to be doing naturally is reflecting that and showing one another his glory. I mean, in, in Ephesians, is, it, God goes as far as saying that you are my workmanship. And he's talking about believers created in Christ Jesus uh, to do the good works that I prepared for you beforehand. So when God creates, when God created people, and when, he, when he creates you and me, it's um, it's something that he's thought of beforehand, long beforehand. Not not that you're gonna be something shameful, but a masterpiece. Uh, in Psalm 139, David, as he's as he's talking about the way God created him, he says, "I'm fearfully and wonderfully made." And as we look at these verses, you can see God is saying, "What I make is good, right?" So who am I to question the Creator and to say? No, because this person is from that culture or that that color, they're less. What I'm actually doing is I'm insulting the Creator Himself. So this already gives us from the from the very beginning, uh, just that, just that uh, that intention of God and the fact that what God does, what what He says is true. And so we're gonna uh, continue to look at this. Um, <clears throat> we cannot decide as we look at this, as we look at these scriptures that. Um, anyone dependent on their gender or, or, or their race or their ancestry, that anyone is less than another. Everyone is made in God's image. You know, this, this whole time uh, has awakened for everyone, I would imagine. And it certainly has me of times where uh, I've been treated in ways that were less than human. Um, I, uh, been, I've been teased and bullied uh, different times in my life. I grew up actually in... Uh, in West Africa, where I was the minority. It's interesting, as I've been thinking through all this. Uh, and uh, there were times in my life where on the streets in West Africa, I was uh, referred to as a, as a white monkey. I mean, I heard that often. Um, I, I thought about that in my, my background and just thought about all the other things that I've been called uh, I won't give you all the names I've been called because you might like one and start calling me that. <laughs> but, uh, but in all those bullying situations where people have judged me based on the way I look or the way I walk or the way I talk, um, uh, God was faithful to me and just helping me as I was growing up as a child of his just to, to, to help me go back uh, mm. to this truth that he made me yeah. and he doesn't make junk. Uh, what he makes is, is special and, and it's fearfully and wonderfully made. And, oh, yeah. um, early on, uh, God just was so faithful to me to say, uh, Brian, I love you. I made you just the way you are and uh, celebrate what I've done. Uh, we're made in his image. And uh, all of us, as we awaken, as we're, all these pains and hurts of the past have, have been awakened, I think we have to go back and realize, wait a minute, 
but uh, God cherishes who I am. He made me. Absolutely. Praise workmanship. Mm. We, uh, as we think through this, we thought, well, uh, Scripture is clear. It says that we're created in His image. Uh, the Scripture is also clear that uh, Jesus made a way for all of us to be in relationship with the one who made us. Um, as you look at Scripture, you see so clearly that the message of God's love is for all people, all, all races, uh, uh, all colors of skin, all languages. Yeah. This is just all through his teaching is that he came for all, loves all, and uh, that Jesus Christ died for all of us. There's this picture we see in the book of Revelation, Revelation 7, 9, uh, that says that, uh, you know, a, a great multitude, uh, so, so, you know, millions, uh, more than we can count, mm. will be standing one day in, in front of his throne uh, from every nation, from all tribes um, and peoples and languages. They'll be standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. There's this picture that we see in the Scripture of, of every nation, every language, every tribe, all of us standing before him praising him. That, that's, that's the picture. Jesus Christ came, loves all, and died for all. Right. And, and when you look at that picture, you see that, like, from, from the beginning of creation, there's, there's, God has put you on equal footing. When we get to heaven someday, all these people, all these different cultures, we're all going to be worshiping together. But even, even before that, as, as we look at our, our state, before we meet Christ, we're, we're on equal footing there. It says in Romans 3, verse 23, all fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us is equally sinful. God doesn't say to one culture, oh, because you're this, you're this culture. Uh, maybe because you're a hero person or, or you're an American, uh, you are more sinful than this one. God says every single person has fallen short. I remember um, just in my experience or some of the experiences I've had with, with just this prejudice of being suspected of, of being a thief. I remember uh, walking down the street and Neighborhood Watch stopped me in my street and said, what are you doing here? Questioned me as if, as if I was a criminal. But as I go back to, to God's word, God's word can speak into this and say, no, on the, on the, on the side of sin, every single person has equal potential to sin, every single one. And Every single one of us needs Christ the exact same amount. There's not one that needs more than the other. Every single one of us has fallen short. We all need forgiveness from Christ and we all need healing. And this healing only comes from Christ. This transformation of the heart and, 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 and of the mind, that only comes from Christ. But every single one of us needs that. There's that, uh, I love that saying, that there's, no, there's no experience that, that any of us have had uh, that is outside of God's power to redeem and to heal mm. and to transform. And we all need forgiveness and we all need healing. Mm. Uh, and we all need transformation that only Christ can give. Absolutely. Uh, we, we are um, uh, his workmanship. We're created by him in his image. Um, Jesus loves us all. Uh, all have sinned. Uh, when we decide then to uh, enter into a relationship with him, that transforming power uh, is ours and we are transformed. But one of those transforming aspects of what Christ does in our life is that 
the writers of the New Testament said it this way, that this transformation into a new life only comes after our old self, who we were, actually dies. Mm. Uh, there's this idea that uh, we die with Christ. Uh, Galatians 2, 20 mm. uh, says this, we've been crucified with Christ. Yeah. It's no longer uh, I who live, but Christ who lives in us. Mm. Such a powerful, powerful, powerful passage in the book of Galatians, which is in the context of, of a racist event. Uh, Galatians 2 uh, deals with a racist uh, event that took place that Paul actually confronted. I love it. I think this is so relevant for where we are today and uh, how do we respond. I think Galatians 2 will help us to understand how we're supposed to respond to this and how we deal with it. Galatians 2, uh, all through, but mainly starting in verse 11, just tells the story of Paul confronting Peter uh, on his behavior. Paul gives us the reason why he confronted him in the text. He says uh, that Peter came, and although at first he was relating to all the Gentiles, mm. when his fellow Jews showed up to the party, he stopped uh, eating with the Gentiles and would only hang out with his uh, fellow Jews. Mm. And because of Peter's behavior, the other Jews also joined Peter in actually ignoring and ostracizing the Gentiles. Paul wanted none of that. And so uh, the text says that Paul confronted Peter to his face. I love that. Uh, confronted him to his face. You just you can see this picture of this bold confrontation, calling it out, calling racism out. It says that we know uh, that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ. Not because we have obeyed the law, for no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. That's what he says in verse uh, 16 uh, of the text in Galatians 2. It's just this picture. Look, uh, your racism is disqualified, uh, Peter, because all of us have been transformed. We're new people now. Uh, Jesus Christ has changed us, and so you can't go back to how you used to be in your own thinking, which uh, Paul connects to this idea of obeying the law, the rules and regulations that were they knew about uh, as Jews and that they followed. said, so that's done. Uh, Paul goes on to say, hey, Peter, uh, you're living like a Gentile now anyway because of your faith in Christ. You're no longer observing all the Jewish laws. Why would you now act like a Jew again and enforce this new, these old ways back onto the Gentiles. Yeah. Uh, shame on you. Uh, he, he says, rather, I am a sinner. If I rebuild the old system of law, I already tore down. Uh, Paul is saying, listen, Peter, we died to that way of living. That's done. And then he kind of summarizes it all in Galatians 2.20. says this, my old self has been crucified with Christ. Mm. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I don't treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. And Christ would die with Christ and been born again. How do I live now? Well, I live now by faith in Jesus Christ. Christ now lives through me. Christ becomes then my new identity. Yeah. The old self has passed away. I'm no longer hanging on to those old ways of thinking and my old identity. 
uh, I now operate in Christ, which means, Paul was saying, which means, Peter, you can't ostracize the Gentiles. You've got to relate to everyone now as though we are a new race exactly. in Christ Jesus and with equality. Because Christ does this for all people, I can't judge people yeah. anymore based on an old identity, based on an old way of thinking. Christ transcends our dependence on the power of good works and on the power of self. Uh, Christ transcends my race, my culture, my sins, the sins committed against me, yeah. my pain, mm. and brings me life. Yeah. And And... Throughout the New Testament, this idea is, is brought up again and again and again, the fact that we were far from Christ and now we were brought near. And, and originally, the, the, in the Old Testament, God uh, comes to Abraham, and from Abraham comes the nation of Israel. But God had intended for them to be a light to the world, for them to be the ones who show the rest of the world who this amazing God is. Um, but along the way, they started taking pride in the identity of them being Israel, not actually living it out. And, and, and even when Paul is talking to, to the Gentiles in, in Ephesians, Ephesians 2 verse 11, he says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders, right? And he's, he's saying this is the way the Jews would say. They say, you were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. And he was saying there, these Jews, they treated you this way because they were proud of their heritage. They're proud of their, their race. And they're proud of, of the markings of their race. Whose circumcision was a way of, of um, identifying with being of the nation of God, of Israel. But they only, they only thought about the physical part. They didn't think about their hearts, what it meant to be. But then it says that, and it shows God's intention, that it says, for Christ himself, and this is in verse 14, Christ himself brought peace to us. He united the Jews and the Gentiles into one people. And in his body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. And this is such an amazing thing. This shows us the intention of our Savior. That our Savior from the very beginning, there was to be no divide between people. Christ loved all and he wants to save all. And as we enter into relationship with him, he calls us into this attitude. He's broken down the wall of hostility between people, which means you and I, we as believers, we cannot, we cannot say we follow Christ and hold to a belief that separates us from other people that would make us, would just, would, would have us justifying that we are either superior or inferior. When it says here, we are all we are all reconciled to Christ, right? And all of, the, all of us become the body of Christ. It says, we are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are this house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. See, see Jesus brings peace to us and, and this gospel, this truth that sets us free demands that we live the same way. We cannot have, there's no space for racism at all. The followers of Jesus cannot be racist because the very act of saving us was to bring us together, to worship as one nation, to, to bring him 
to, to the world as one nation, right? We are no longer black or white. We're no longer different cultures. We are all one in Christ. And we have to live in this way. Uh, Jesus does not give us any other option. He doesn't give us an alternative to be racist, right? We're called to live in unity. And, and, and Brian already shared this passage in Revelations that someday we're all going to be worshiping together. It says, every nation, every tribe, all people of all languages standing before the throne, worshiping Christ. This is, this is a picture that, that is, it's a beautiful picture to listen to, but the practicality is, if we are going to live and if we are, are going to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, then we need to follow that. We need to live as that one body, which means there can be no hostility between anyone, none at all. Yeah, I love that picture of how Paul brings this idea of, of all these other nations, but moving it into one. And I, I love how he emphasizes the idea of one, you know, for together. Uh, one nation, one race, uh, one spirit. And he talks about that spirit of the spirit of peace. Uh, that the, the direct result of us becoming one means that that hostility is gone and peace fills the gap of where hostility was. It's a powerful, powerful picture. And it's honestly, I think for all of us, we realize that this is only something that Christ can do. Yeah. Uh, uh, only Jesus can transform us in this way. Yeah. Uh, we can't rely on ourselves uh, on our own. If we look at our own selves and our own energy and our own pain and background and hurt, uh, we're never going to get there. But this is the kind of transformation that only Christ can bring in our lives. It's, it's a beautiful picture. Yes. Well, uh, that, that's the gospel, really. What uh, Rico and I have shared is, is what we understand as the gospel, this beautiful good news from Jesus that changes lives. Um, but how, how does this then, the gospel, this story, uh, how, does it, uh, how does it impact my day-to-day? -day? We kind of summarize it this way, uh, Rico. And uh, Rico will hop in here as well. But uh, I just want to kind of summarize it the way we, we feel like it should best be said this way. Our feelings of superiority or uh, inferiority associated uh, with our ancestry, you know, our heritage, our gender, our race, uh, can no longer be the, the main factors by which we decide who we are. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, and who we fellowship with. And who we hang out with, or, or what we do with our lives, uh, they can no longer be the determining factors by which we make plans. Uh, so now every decision we make needs to be filtered through the gospel. It must be filtered through the truth uh, of, of, of Christ's transformation in our lives, that we are now not identifying in the old way. We're, being, we're identifying now in his way, a new nation, one spirit coming together, we're created in God's image. Yeah. God, God loves all, and he died for all. Yeah. All have sinned mm -hmm. and fallen short. In Christ, I die. Yeah. Uh, that's huge. And, uh, and then, then Christ lives through me. Yeah. Uh, and one day, uh, I will stand together with all people, every nation, all tribes and languages, and worship him in unity. That's such a beautiful picture. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I thought about this often with people that I know, including, including you, Rico. I thought, 
how incredible it's going to be, the two of us standing before the throne. I know we're going to be worshiping, but we're also going to be just laughing and having a great time together as brothers before Jesus, praising him together. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, That picture to me is just such a, wow, that's coming. Yeah, it is. We're going to do that. It's possible that Jesus will have to tell us to settle down a little bit. We'll be joking too much. (laughs) I'm excited about that day. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be a good day. Cool. Yeah, so we're looking at, at okay, so so looking at that, we're thinking now, what are the what are the practical steps? So the, this this is amazing. It set it's it set the foundation, but now we want to live it out. And the practical ways, so the, the first one we need to look at is the fact that we are in Christ, we are a new race, we are a new nation, right? All one. And that now I I have this identity and I need to live in it now, right? I'm a child of God. That that is now my ancestry. That's the most important thing, right? And I need to wrestle with that. And, and that's the thing about, uh, as we're here on this earth, we will fight our fleshly nature, our nature that will say, it's more important that I'm, I'm Herero and I'm Kenyan. It's more important, uh, Brian, that you're American. That's what our flesh will say. But we need, to, we need to fight that and realize that, no, my new identity is in Christ. And if that's the case, and if, if, if Brian, if your new identity is, is in Christ, then me and you are brothers, and, and we need to fight to keep that identity, that unity that Christ has given us. Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think as we talk about these practical steps, Rico, I think some people could say, what are you saying? You mean it's bad that I'm an American? Or it's bad that I'm Herrero? Uh, no, no, no. God made us this way. And uh, uh, so there, we're not saying in any way uh, that you should despise the color of your skin. And that's, the, that's what's been happening. That's what we don't want to see happen. Mm. Uh, but that God made us exactly in his image, and this is how he made us, and this is the culture he placed us in. So uh, we bring that culture to, to something even greater, which is amazing, is this new identity we can have in Christ. And God wants to use us exactly the way he made us, uh, but Christ through us. Uh, and so I hope that's clear as we keep going. One thing Rico and I both felt like that was important, uh, just practical takeaways for both of us and hopefully for you all as well, mm. but that we felt like we needed to examine our own motives. Mm. You know, uh, I've, I've thought about this a lot, and Rico and I have had real personal conversations about this just with each other and our friendship. Uh, but uh, is there anything in me uh, that is racist? And Lord, you know, God helped me to see that. Is there anything that I'm doing that's accidentally racist or, you know, subtly racist or, or overtly racist. What is it in me? Yeah. Lord, show me and expose my motives. And uh, I feel like that's a real practical step we all need to do is to really go before the Lord honestly and with humility and say, God, expose this in me. Show me what are, is there racism that I need to confess? Yeah. Maybe some helpful questions you can ask yourself. We all need to be asking, do I judge others solely based on the color of their skin? Mm. That's racism. Do I reject others uh, solely based on the color of their skin? Mm. Uh, Do I block out, uh, not listen to, or invalidate uh, someone's voice, their argument, because of color? Am I unwilling to hear your point of view simply because you're a different color of skin than I am? Mm. That's terrible. That's racism. Uh, Do I decide whether someone should be treated with dignity and respect based on color? Mm. 
Uh, these are the questions I think we need to really ask ourselves as we go, go before the Lord and honestly say, you know, do I actually not dignify people just because they look different than I do? Do I not respect people just because uh, they're different than me? And so we felt like that we really needed to go before God with humility and say, Lord, show me, expose this in, in me, do some serious, honest work with God. Yeah. And the, the, the beauty of, of, of this, Brian, what you, what you just said, this examination, is, is that um, God, God in, his, in his genius made this diverse uh, group of people to become one. And that diversity can help in so many ways. We can help each other to see. Maybe you don't see something and I can help you say, okay, Brian, that might be something that you need to change. Or you might say to me, no, you, you can't say that to this person. That actually sounds racist. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And, and, and in that, we celebrate the diversity that God has, has placed. And, 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 and beyond that, we go to, to actually getting to know one another, getting to know one another's cultures. Uh, every culture has uh, the image of God in it. And, and, and what we need to do is learn to appreciate all the differences in our culture. We spend so much time looking at the differences and picking each other apart because of those things. When God was saying, no, this is, there's, there's a wealth of, of, of culture here, a wealth of knowledge that you can share with one another. Yeah. So what we need to do is, is to actually learn each other's cultures. And that will help break down all the biases that we have because now we're, we're walking in, in truth. I'm hearing, I'm hearing from you, Brian, what it means to be an American, right? And you can tell me directly from your culture, like, what does it mean? Why do we do this? Why do we do that? Why do we speak in this way? And, and, and this will help us grow in, in, in understanding of one another. Um, it will help us to, to understand what our hurts are uh, what our what our weaknesses and strengths are, and we can work a lot alongside one another, right? And, and God wants to grow compassion and, and um, uh, compassion in us, right? And and He wants compassion over empathy. Empathy leads us to 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 sitting in the sadness. It's like if if one person is is really depressed because uh, maybe his 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 girlfriend left him or something. You don't want your friend to to come by and say, oh, now I'm also depressed and just kind of sit there and wallow. And if you want the person to encourage you, hey, let's, let's go get a sandwich and let's stop talking about this. Let's, let's, let, let me pull you out of this. And, and that's the kind of thing that leads us to solution. But um, that only happens when we spend time actually getting to know one another's culture and respecting one another's cultures and, and honoring, honoring the things in the cultures that are good. Yeah. Compassion, compassion over empathy. Uh, so, wow, so it's a powerful thought. Uh, we felt like uh, that as we go through this, uh, that uh, uh, helping someone was much better than actually wallowing uh, in the misery with them, uh, but walking alongside. We see uh, Paul uh, calling out Peter for racism. Uh, and uh, I think that's a great illustration for us too, in terms of the practical takeaway that uh, we in Christ uh, need to be peacefully confirmant, proactive yeah. Yeah. to solve the problem. Peacefully proactive to solve the problem. Paul confronted Peter to his face. Did so in love. Yeah. Inaction is not a solution. Mm. 
we are not allowed to live in hopelessness. Uh, we have got to speak the truth in love. We've got to call it out. We've got to call it out. And this is challenging because not everyone, not everyone is interested in being confronted. Yep. Uh, we, it, it seems safer uh, sometimes for us just to be quiet. But uh, as, as followers of Christ, we have to call it out. We've got to confront it. Do so with love. But it has to be labeled. It has to be dealt with and spoken into. And, and this, may be, this may be very difficult because you might have very close friends who, who think these ways, who, who think that uh, one person is inferior. You might have family who, as, as a group historically, have fought that way. You are now a believer and you're brought to this place where um, God is calling you to live out what his gospel is, his good news, uh, that he came to, to seek and save all people, that he loves all people, that he died for all people. And this, this is part of what living it out is. It, it's calling out these injustices, uh, calling out these, these behaviors that contradict the gospel, the gospel that says that we will all be worshiping together someday. And so we... We have, to, we have to share this gospel because, first of all, sharing the gospel is very important because this is what's going to transform the hearts of people. I've realized even in my, in my own life um, that when I try to get rid of sin myself, I just cannot. But the, the, the power of Christ uh, that he gave me when I accepted, accepted him as my savior, that power conquers sin. And that's, that's the power that's going to conquer this prejudice. That's, that's, that's the power that's going to overcome racism, right? So we need to share the gospel, but we also need to live it out. We need to, to live out uh, this life that Christ is calling us to live, the one that unites all people under, under him, right? That brings all people to him. And we need to be quick in calling out any behavior that contradicts the, the, the gospel, like Paul did here. Paul saw what Peter was doing, what the other believers, Jewish believers were doing, and he called it out right away and who knows what kind of division might have happened if he didn't right but he stood there and he said no this is what christ is calling me to do and i need to protect the unity of of, of our church of our bodies and that's what we're called to do as well i feel like uh, paul really believed that the gospel itself the good news of christ uh, that message was at stake of being lost oh, oh yeah uh, because of this racism that was just so you know overt uh and uh, so it's uh, hopefully we can see this from the perspective that uh in dealing with racism attacking racism being proactive confronting racism you're actually defending the gospel yeah and you're defending the good news of christ yeah the message of christ actually is in total contradiction to racism and that behavior oh, yeah. uh, it goes against all of that racism is sin yeah. and it, it just is and uh, as, as new believers in Christ, uh, we, we, we are to be transformed. We're, we're on a whole different level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brian, I think we should pray. Yeah. I think we should uh, pray. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a world of hurt going on and um, so many people being misled, so many people um, being deeply, deeply hurt, so many people who are dying for this. And, um, I think we need to acknowledge that God is the one who, who will heal this land. He calls us yeah. to, to, to be humble and to humble ourselves and to pray. 
So, um, yeah, let me start off our time. Yeah, and also let's invite uh, those who are watching um, to also pray now as well. If you, in, I don't know what context you're watching this, but maybe you're with people, your family. Uh, why don't you reach out to them and say, hey, let's, let's pray together. And uh, let's, let's go to God and beg God for a solution and for wisdom and for direction through these days. Yeah. Jesus, we thank you so much for, for how good you are. Uh, that from the very, very beginning, your, your intention was to love all people and has been and will always be to love all people. Thank you, God, for the diversity that you've placed uh, on this earth. It's, 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 it's a, a testimony of your creativity and, and how um, in, your, in your genius you created everything to reflect who you are. And who you are is beautiful, God. And um, God, in, in you there is love and there is compassion. There is grace. Um, there's humility. And God, racism spits in the face of that it, it spits in, in in your face and, and god we want to pray uh, against it i pray god that you'd humble the hearts of people uh, god we are apart from you we are so proud and we're so self-absorbed and 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 god it's only when that uh, when that pride is broken down uh, can we truly love people the way that you've called us to love them jesus i pray for healing for so many who have felt oppression because of the pride of another. Uh, Jesus, I pray that you reveal to them how you see them, how they, they are created in your image, they are your workmanship. I pray, Lord Jesus, that um, you would remind those who feel superior that every single one of us has sinned. We all fall short. Yeah. That, that, that there is none righteous, none but you. And, and God, I pray that that would humble people all to a point of coming to you and realizing, God, that you've called us to be one. And God, what a beautiful picture you put ahead of us as you tell us to, to, to run the race looking to the prize. What a beautiful picture in heaven of us all worshiping together. God, lead us as, as a church to demonstrate that to the world, to, to bring your truth to the world, that they would be changed. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Lord, I too just wanted to, I just agree with uh, uh, everything Rico has said. Thank you for today, just for, uh, again, the, the, the friendship I have with Rico. I uh, thank you that we're brothers. Uh, Lord, we have been for quite, quite a while now, and I praise you for that. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you for your transforming power in our lives. Yeah. Lord, you've changed us. Uh, you've made us new people. And uh, Lord, we thank you so much for, Lord, just for dying on the cross for us and making a way for us. And we give you praise for that today. Oh, Lord, um, as we just think about the many people who are hurting right now because of what's happened, mm -hmm. uh, aware of all of the, the, the true stories uh, that have been awakened to memory uh, that so many people are looking at right now and, and, and facing and sorting through, dealing with in their minds and their hearts. Lord Jesus, would you, would you please, God, bring them comfort? Mm. Uh, Lord, would you please, uh, Lord, be the, the comforter to them through this, through this time? Mm. We pray, God, that uh, you would speak truth so clearly, so loudly to their souls. 
Lord, that they too can can know, they can with confidence go before you and uh, receive healing and transformation. Mm. But I pray, God, that many would come and realize that uh, you are the solution, even for this time, even for this uh, difficulty, even for the reality of systems that we don't feel like will ever change. Lord, you are the solution. And so we ask, God, that uh, you would be so real in the lives of people. Mm. Uh, that they would run to you, that they would uh, fall before you in humility and say, Lord, we're sinners. Mm. We're in tremendous need of help. Mm. Uh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for uh, what you're doing already. Lord, uh, we just see that so many uh, are, be, are, are thinking in new ways and seeing things that they've never seen before. Mm. And Lord, uh, we see that you are pulling people to, to you and to truth. And so we praise you for this. Mm. Uh, Lord, may this time be a bridge where many discover uh, you and transformation that they can have all in you. Lord Jesus, we beg you for this, uh, for our community, uh, for uh, the city of Intuk, uh, for, for the nation, for nations, Lord, that people would understand that their only hope is you, Christ, that you are their only hope, uh, that you are the future. Uh, you're the future way of thinking. You're the future way of living. You're the future mm -hmm. way of loving. And I ask God that, uh, that you would just continue to do a good work in us. Mm -hmm. Lord, again, I just, I'm thankful. So thankful, God. Thank you that I can sit here uh, with my good friend mm -hmm. and, uh, and we can do this with technology. What, a, what an amazing thing. Uh, Lord, we give you praise mm -hmm. and we love you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is Rico Vecca. And I'm also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today. And it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.